Good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And yes, you heard it from me and not uh, Deacon Richardson or uh, Deacon uh, Steve Harmon. Uh, they are copyright violators. And uh, so don't, when I say it, don't, don't think I'm being trite uh, and I'm stealing something from them. But uh, certainly glad to have all of you on our Zoom uh, lesson this morning, uh, a lesson about obedience and one which we're going to continue in the study of uh, Exodus. And in particularly today, we're going to look at uh, two chapters of Exodus, uh, Exodus 19, 1 through 6, and then uh, Exodus 24, 3 through 8, the promise of obedience. We've looked at the preparation of leadership for obedience, and we looked uh, last week at the call to remember, be obedient in remembering. And these two lessons, Steve, are tied very closely together uh, because last week we were encouraged to remember, uh, to remember what God had done for you. And today we start this lesson with God uh, reminding the children of Israel what he had done for them. Now, what he had done for them this week, uh, 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 it was different than what he had done the last week. But we find that God makes a promise to the people that if, in fact, they would uh, simply uh, take the best lamb, uh, sacrifice it, and then place that lamb's blood upon the doorposts of their homes, that exemption would occur and they, they would be delivered from the impending plagues, the impending death sentence that uh, God was sending toward uh, Egypt and Pharaoh. And so today's events uh, take place after that. Uh, those that uh, obeyed, those that remembered, they were delivered. And this is a part of that group right now, some two plus million folk. We're going to have Brother Bogan come and lead us to the throne of grace. And then Deacon Newsom, I saw you on the line. Um, it, it was either you or Deacon Harmon. So I, I, I flipped a coin and it would be uh, you because I, I can trust what you're going to say. In the golden text, Deacon Newsom, and it's verse um, three of Exodus 24 in the golden text. There's a, there's a phrase. It's right at the end of verse three there. Uh, and it starts with all. Do you see it? If you see it, just, just nod your head. He hasn't nodded his head yet. So yeah, he sees it. All right, good, good. Deacon Newsom is gonna come uh, now and read for us um, the C clause of verse three of Exodus chapter 24. Deacon All of the words which the Lord has said, we will do. If you heard him, you heard him say, all of the words 
which the Lord has said we will do. Now, I don't care what language you speak. I don't know how skilled you are in uh, uh, Greek, Hebrew, but all means all. We means me and you. Do requires an action. Everything that God said we will do, that's a promise. Why make a promise if you know you're not going to obey? Y'all hear me this morning. Brother Moten, if you would, uh, could you uh, open up your mic, Brother Terry Moten? Okay. And uh, Sister Harriet, uh, Minister Harriet Brown, would you open up your mic? I saw you on also. Okay, let's go. Uh, Brother Moten, are you there? Yes. Okay. Uh, would you read for me verses one, uh, uh, two, and three? And let's talk. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidium. They came into the wilderness of Sinai. And they encamped in the wilderness. There, Israel encamped before the mountain. All right. Uh, Brother Moulton, you read uh, verses one and two? Is what I heard. Um, yes, sir. Okay, good. Verses one and two. Okay. Here we find the children of Israel being camped at Sinai, at the foot of a mountain. But between last week and this week, God has delivered them from their oppressor. He's not only delivered them from their oppressor, uh, Fred, he has protected them through this two over two month journey in to Sinai at the foot of the mountain. They are camped. I tell you what's interesting, Brother Moton, about these first two passages is that it gives us a state of a people. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me share with you what I mean by that. We find them camped at the foot of a mountain in what is described as a wilderness. We find them camp. But all you have to do is back up a few chapters because if there's a chapter uh, 19, there's a chapter 18, and then there's a chapter 17, and there's a chapter 16, and a chapter 15, and so on and so on. There are things that have happened, and in those, thing, in those chapters that I've just described, God has done something extra special for these people. He has delivered them from their oppressors. He has uh, provided food when they were hungry these past uh, months. Brother Bogan, he has given them water 
when there was no water. He has given them sweet water when the water was bitter. He has fought off their enemies on their behalf. Chapter 17. He has done all of this for them. They have gone through a period of dryness. Just one thing after another. You get delivered and one thing happens. You get a blessing and another thing happens. It just seems to me that it just keeps on happening. But do you remember last week? God says, remember it all. Because through it all, if you go back and read the text, you'll find that it was God that was leading them to this place. And so whatever God led them to, he was able to de deliver them through. Y'all better hear me this morning. And you know why? Because he's God and he's awesome and he's a keeper of his word. If God says he's going to deliver you, count it done. If God says he's going to sustain you, count it done. But don't forget it. Brother, uh, Brother Amon, verse 3. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mouth and said, Thus you shall save the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. Whenever God is about to do something in the lives of his people, he will always do it with his word. And here we find him summoning Moses. I want you to see this, Brother Davis. He summons Moses to tell Moses something. I, I know the question for some of you is, why Moses? But isn't he the one that he chose? But let's, in light of what we've just talked about in terms of camping in a desert named Sinai, at the foot of a mountain. These folk in this desert were in a strange place. But guess what? Moses wasn't. And, and that spoke to me, is that leadership is going to be called into places that they are somewhat familiar with because they've been there with God that you and I just simply can't understand why are we here? I thought we were on our way to the promised land. I, I thought we were on our way to uh, 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 milk and honey. But, but here Moses is being summoned by God to a place that Moses is familiar with but the people are not. And he's being summoned for a distinct purpose of communication of an instruction. And this instruction is very crucial. God has taken this prophet, leader, visionary into the mountain of Sinai to give him a specific instruction 
a specific message to deliver to his people. Brother Moton, verse 4. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Remember, that's what God is saying. Moses, here's what I want you to tell the people to remember. Remember how I've already delivered you. Remember what I've already done for you. He says, like on eagle's wings. On, on eagle's wings. Eagles don't grasp their young in their claws like other birds. They put their young ticks on their backs. And they glide through the air on the backs of Mother Eagle. And God is painting this picture. You have been delivered, guided to this place like an eagle takes care of its chicks. I want you to remember that. I'm about to say something, but first I want you to remember. See, because if you can trust God in what he's already done, you can trust God for what he will do. Y'all didn't hear me. I, I, I really do believe many of the times that in our most sincere or reflective moments, we make a decision. We are going to follow God. We're going to follow his every word. We, we really believe that simply because we remember what he's already done for us. But we have short-term memory problems. It has been demonstrated that we have short-term memory problems. Adam had a short-term memory problem. Because by, in chapter two of Genesis, everything is fine. By chapter three, just one more chapter, he, he, he had evidently just forgot what God had already told him. But here God reminds him and says, this I want you to remind the folk of what I've already done for him. Terry, verse five says, now therefore what? Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. God states a covenant, and it is a conditional one, it is a conditional covenant because it says, if you obey my voice, if you obey what you hear from God, if you obey the instructions that are coming down, and then you do what those instructions tell you, I will make you a, the word there is peculiar, but it's simply special. He says, I, you will become something special. You, the nation itself, will become a kingdom of priests. Well, for all you Bible readers and, 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 and church school goers, you, you know that that didn't come to fruition because it, it, as it turned out, only a, a certain tribe became a kingdom of priests. 
But the promise was originally for all to become a kingdom of priests. Someone special that God had chosen. But the condition was, I'm making a covenant. I'm making a promise to you. And all I require is your obedience. Close us out in this chapter, Terry. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Thank, thank you very much. Um, Minister Brown, if you would uh, uh, open up your mic. Thank you, Terry. Okay. Now, Brother Moton just read straight out of the word of God what God promise. How many of you, if you just had this scripture and you were told that God said that if you do this, that he would make you his kingdom's priest, that he would declare you holy. How many of you, those of you got your cameras on, can raise your hand. Those that don't, just give me an emoji, thumb up. How many of you would be excited? Notice that the promise, Elizabeth, was conditional. Back up to verse five. That means that you've got to do something. We would all be excited. We're going to be something special in the kingdom of God. The one who has delivered us. The one who has cared for us. Oh, I'm so excited. Don't get so excited that you forget what you've promised. God did not do it based on emotions. You may have responded, Brother Davis, with emotion, but God didn't do it on the basis of emotion. God had a plan for his people. That plan was laid out long before any of them knew the one true God. And God is now saying that if you do this, I'll do that. And all I ask you to do is just remember, I already have promised some things and I delivered. That, that God has promised his people something that if they do it, he would bless them. He would make them special. Among all the people of the earth, he would make them special. God promises and God is always obedient. Minister Brown is about to read for us how we promise, but we are not obedient. And this whole lesson today is structured. If you make a commitment to God, you ought to honor it. There is nothing that you will do in the kingdom of God that is for design specifically 
for men. The things that you do in the kingdom of God and God's economy is for God. Men can make you a lot of promises, but men won't keep their promises. I guarantee you. I, 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 I live with them every day. I, I walk with them every day. I, 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 I sing with some of them on a daily basis. I pray with them most days. And I promise you, they will not keep their promise. All, all, all you got to do is look at the world. The reason why that much of the trouble in the world is because men and women, boys and girls, have broke their promises. You, you, you know, your children, you know, you, you threaten to spank them or you spank them. And they, oh, mama, don't do that. Uh, Daddy, don't do that. Uh, I'll be good. And no sooner they get the words out their mouth, they're acting up again. They're just acting up here, fool, again. All you, all, all you got to do is, 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 is look at uh, the school system, the, the government system. We've got folk who have made promise, promises and then reneged on them. Did we forget? God just reminded us. Brother Moton just read to us that God says, remember what I've already done for you. And so there's nothing in your life that can happen from the day that God makes a promise to the day that you lay your head down and go on with Uncle Walter that you shouldn't be trusting God in. He, he, he didn't do it today, but, but I know he said he'll do it. He'll do it. God says, make me a promise and see if I won't keep my promises. Promise to obey everything that I've said. That's what was read. Minister Brown, verse, 20, uh, verse 3 and verse 4, please. Verse 3 and 4, and Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, what? All the world, all the words which the Lord has said, will we do. All right, Sister Brown, before you, before you go, Minister Brown, please, before, before you go. I know I told you to read four, but remember I asked Deacon Newsom to read the C clause of verse three. Moses did exactly what God told him to do. And we will see that, that he, he, he's even written it down so he wouldn't forget. And, and, and maybe that's what some of us need to do. We need to write down the promises that we've made so that we can keep them. Maybe it is that we just forget. But I would suggest to you, now that, 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 there's something else uh, playing out here, is that we just don't forget because Moses wrote it down what God said. Between, between, between 19 and 24, that's chapter 20. We know he wrote it down, uh, Brother Davis, because we got, we got that what was called the Ten Commandments or the Mosaic Law. We got the law. 
it's written down. And so Moses now reports back to the people and according to Deacon Newsom and according to Minister Brown, so you can trust it. They said, everything that you wrote down, Moses, everything that God said to you, we will do. You know why? Because they're excited. They're excited at the promises of God. This, this is an emotional high for them. This is a significant emotional event for them. But I've said before, emotions don't have intellect. And so some of the things that we do that are based on emotions makes us, our actions, become very irrational without reason because they were conceived in an irrational moment. They made the promise. And they not only made the promise, they articulated. He says, everybody said, Deacon Newsom, everything that has been said, I will do. Thou shall not kill, I will do. Thou shall not steal, I will do. Thou shall not cover thy neighbor's house or thy neighbor's property. Thou shall have no other God before. We will do it. And how many times, even today, as the word is very plain before us, that God has asked us and is asking us to do things that we make commitments before men. And then in that same breath, in that same year, in that same life, we don't do it. We disobey. You, you prayed and you prayed and you prayed all night long that if God would just give you a child that you would nourish it and, and care for it and, and love it and raise it in the admonition. Of, you prayed that. Yeah, oh, before even that, you prayed for the right one that you could strut down the aisle with. And then in a moment of emotion, you said, I will do it. I will protect her. I will keep her. I will nourish her. I will trust her. I will submit. Did we forget that we said that? Does our word not mean anything? God's word means everything. God says he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And he says, hey, this is how you can get on in the covenant. A promise here. Obey it. And you know what they said? Lord, we like that. That's a good exchange. That's a good contract. That's a good covenant. We will do. Mr. Brown, verse four. I, you know what? It may be me. But let, let, let me tell you one thing. I don't write a lot of things down because up until uh, one of these birthdays, I don't know which one it was, Fred, that I don't remember with the clarity that I used to. But it's one thing that whether I remember it or not, I can always read it because it's written down. The things that I promised the Lord. But I'm not going to blatantly get all emotionally high and make commitments to anything, anyone, without, first of all, checking with his word so that I will be obedient. 
it's it's not how you start out. It's how you end up. And in the end, you've got to uphold your part of the bargain. You've got to obey the promise that you made. Because I assure you, God will keep his promise. Verse 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and builded an altar unto the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, we got at least one person doing what the Lord has instructed them to do and even delivering more. Because Moses says, you know what? I'm not going to write it down, but I'm going to build an altar to remind all of us of the promise. All, all of us, every, everybody on this Zoom call, including those with electronic Bibles, we, we have an altar that should remind us of all the promises that God has made and all the promises that God has kept. We as a people, I, I know some of you can say, man, I tell you, I don't understand them Israelite. When God has done all of that for you, you know what? Take Israelite out of your mouth and put uh, Resurrection Baptist congregation. But take, take, take that out of your mouth and put, oh no, not Resurrection Baptist congregation, me. What God has done for me, what he has promised me. And in that, you have made some promises. Amen. You, you know why? Because when he saved your soul, you said you weren't going to lie like you used to lie. <laughs> Man. Oh, oh, really? Deacon Johnson ain't, ain't on here, but he, he likes to say, uh, maybe not you, uh, uh, but uh, uh, but but me and people that I know. You made that promise. You 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 said, Lord, I'll do whatever you have me do in the kingdom. If 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 you call me, I'll go. If I go, I'll serve. If I serve, I'll serve without complaint. God, just whatever you want me to do, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Include me. I, I promise I'll be right there for you. So we, we ain't got to look back in this history. This is great history. But it's also our story of how God has been so good to us and he's made these marvelous promises to us. And yet time and time again, we find ourselves willfully. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, I forgot. You know, I forgot is like, uh, Deacon Harmon, I'll, I'll see you uh, uh, down at uh, church at uh, 1030. And I forget, and I show up at 11 o'clock. And I thought, I thought we said 11 o'clock. See, that's a forget. That, that's a forget. But when I tell him, I will meet you there. I will be there with you, brother. I, I will be there. You can bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to be there. So if I can do it for Deacon Harmon, if I can do it for 
the Davies, if I can do it for Sister Gwen Thompson, if I can do it for Terry Jeffries, can I do it? Not do it for the one triune God who's done more. By the way, let me let me tell you, I, I know y'all, y'all gonna get, but I know, you know, uh that Harry Brown has done some great things for Deacon Sneed and that Deacon Newsom, you know, he he's really trapping. You know, Steve has been right there with him. But you know what? I don't care what they've done. God has done a lot more. Because ain't nobody that I just called out saved my soul. Nobody has delivered me from a pit of hell. Nobody has sustained me in the way that God has. No one has provided for me the way that God has provided for me. No one has been a friend to me the way that God has been to me. And you know what? No matter what, 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 what friends don't do, don't say, I'm not concerned about their commitment. I'm concerned about mine. It's easy for us to say what other folk are not doing, but what are you doing? How are you complying with what God says? Oh, it's tight, but I'm right. And all of us fall into that. It says, 310 tells us, there is none righteous, no, not one. And what not makes you righteous, you don't live up to the standards of God. And one of the standards of God is obedience. To him. But you don't willfully. See, when we get in, when we make ourselves God, that, that's what was going on here. That's why the very first commandment, uh, Deacon Armand, was, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Because anything else you put above God, that's where you're going to give your attention to. That's where you're going to give your obedience. You, you very never, you, you always hear people talk about, you know, they're not being obedient to the word or they're not being obedient uh, to God. Very seldom. Y'all help me out. I, maybe I don't hang around in those quarters, Fred, Terry. Uh, Brother Erskine, I, maybe I don't want You ever hear people say, you know what? They so disobedient to the devil. Y'all hear? I, I don't hear. I don't travel in those circles. But day in and day out, you can hear these folk, these stiff-necked folk, these folk who think they know better than God, these folk who will declare in public, in the public court, we will do all that God says. Shouldn't make that promise lightly. That's why. And then they criticize uh, Brother Bogan. They criticize those folk, you know, when, uh, you know, they, they have like renewal services and spiritual renewal services. And uh, they ask people to make a new commitment and all of that. And you see people falling and slobbering all over themselves saying, we will do, oh, we will do. And they moan, they go down to the moaners bench. I know y'all don't know nothing about that. That, that, that you know, that, that's old timey stuff. You know, they go down in the moaning bench and they moan and they cry out to the Lord that they're going to do better. And before the cock crow, they're in disobedience. After saying all that they will do, 
And, you know, they criticize those folk who didn't go down there, who didn't raise their hand and say, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Because you know what? Some folk know. You know what? Let me tell you one thing. I I, I, I want to get this last blunt in before I make that uh, commitment. <laughs> you know, I, I got this one bank I need to rob before I do this. Then I'll make the commitment. So, so you can, you know, who's worse off? Someone who says that they're going to do it or someone who says, nah, I can't make that commitment right now. The word of God says it's the person who says it's better off that you've not heard this. And the person who says, I ain't going in there today because I know what Sneed's going to be teaching about. So I ain't going in there today. Whatever I teach about is about me and you. The lesson first is for me. Then it's for you. But you have to personalize this. You can't get in the group setting and say, all that you say, Lord, we will do. And then when you're out of the group, you do something different. Or when you're in that same group, you, you convince others, let's not do what the Lord said do. That's crazy. Minister Brown, verses five and six. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which mm -hmm. offer burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Moses knew one thing. Not only did he build an altar or a memorial of what God has done and the obedience that you have declared, but Moses fully understood that without the sacrifice, without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. And people have to remember that because I, I, I would suggest that many times, many of us who are even caught in the act of sin, if you are blood bought, you have to think about back to the cross. Jesus died so I wouldn't have to act this way. Jesus died so that I would be saved from being this way that there is a shedding of blood. And so Moses is immediately, two things, uh, at least one uh, thing here to look at. Notice that nothing is mentioned about Levites. It just says, Levites, it just says the young men, Fred. See, because this is the early formation of what would become the nation of Israel, the government, the church. This is the early. So you know what? You use what you have. And yet, no, they weren't ordained. They, they weren't declared holy, a kingdom of priests. That's a promise that God said that was conditional. The priesthood would come later. It's in its early formation. Even though we have one Aaron who is declared, uh, who is declared the priest, but here it says that it needed several people. Moses couldn't sprinkle blood on all these people. So representatives there, they represented the groups. Representatives. It's a form of government. You know. I don't want to go there. 
verse uh, verse six, verse six, verse six, verse six, verse six uh, says, uh, Sister uh, Minister Brown is ready for you, but I want you to see this. And Moses took half of the blood and he put it in the basins. And half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. He makes the sacrifice. He understands this is a memorial. This is a practice that should be remembered. And it should be remembered in every endeavor that we take. We should remember that it is because of what Christ has already done. This sprinkling of the blood on the altar and subsequently the people is pointing to Jesus the Christ, the one who would make the final sacrifice. It wouldn't be a requirement anymore. So the altar that you look to is really the cross on Calvary. Jesus the shed blood. That should keep us in compliance. That should make us obey. These folk declare in, in, in verse 3 of chapter 24, everything that you say, Lord, we will do. We will be compliant. Moses then says he is going to perform an action, the sacrificial action, which would remind everyone of what God has done for them. And that everyone who was once lost, who was once needing deliverance, has now been cleansed by the blood. And you and I haven't been cleansed by the blood of animals. We've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the God-man. So these folk, don't look at them askance. They wrote it down. It was articulated. They declared in unison, in a very core voice, we shall do all that God says. And then he took the book, Mr. Brown. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, will we do and be obedient. I thought you forgot. See, the death of Jesus Christ should be indelibly impressed upon our minds. So when you say all that is written in the book, notice Minister Brown said, and he took the book. He took that which was written down and he read to the people. And they said, Moses, you can say it. Uh, you can sing it. You can write it down. I don't care whether you say it, sing it, or write it down. Everything that is contained, we will do. Everything. So not only do we 
make the vow and then break it. We make the vow over and over and over and over and over again with all the symbols, with all the reminders of what Christ has done for us over and over. We remain in disobedience. But they said, we're going to do what you said. And we're going to be obedient. That's the promise that they made God. Yes. If there were any objections, it's not recorded in the scripture. You can't say, well, you know, uh, no, I, I didn't vote because my camera wasn't on. So I didn't say I, I, I would do that. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. You, you, you were on the call. You, you heard the words, and you declared in unison, even by your silence, all that was said, we will do. We promise you, Lord, we're going to obey. We promise you, Lord, we're going to do what your word says. Take us home, Mr. Brown. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. Yes, it was a Mosaic covenant. But Moses is pointing. He's pointing. He's using blood and he's pointing to you and I. He says, Moses took the blood and he sprinkled it on the people. Now, there's almost, there's over 2 million people. So more than likely here, he sprinkled it on representative, a representative of each tribe. It says, <clears throat> the blood is a reminder because the blood was shed and the blood ran down and the blood ran down so much that it touched a lowly creature like me. I will always see the blood as a symbol of deliverance. And it's because I've been delivered. It's because God has maintained me and sustained me all this time. I will obey. I will obey. And when I don't, the first thing, because of the blood that washes away all sin, because of the one who shed the blood, wrote these words. That if you ask for forgiveness, he is quick and just to forgive. But we are not to be doing it repeatedly. Oops, we made a mistake. We should not take grace for granted. Because it was apparent they couldn't live by the law. Because what they were asking, Sister Davis, was that give us the law so that we can obey. God knew when you made some of those promises. He knew you were not going to obey. Written down, signs, wonders, 
you're not going to obey. It's a part of our flawed character. But we shouldn't be smug about it. Because God has a way of dealing with us. Because it's only been three months. These folk are going to wonder another 40 years. Simply because they agree unanimously to keep a promise. But then didn't obey. Have a great day. Enjoy worship.